Speaking of deserts, uh, I am so happy to see a Star Wars show that hasn't gone to Tatooine yet. Uh, but before we even get into that, I want to welcome everyone to You'll Probably Agree. I'm your host, Mike Crawley, along with me, Chicago film critic Tarek Fayumi from Movies with Tarek. And we have John Davies from Cinema Obscura. All right. So, guys, we saw Ahsoka. Um, who would like to give a breakdown of what the first episode uh, was about? I, I, um, if I could go, I want to say, you know, the very first episode kind of thing, I feel when we started with the intro kind of thing, with the first episode being Master and Apprentice, I feel we got the gist of how we're going in a track where it's one is intended to grow further than they expect, but even going further that there's that, that even within the force, there's much more than we have anticipated. And we're realizing that even in the first episode, because, you know, and even we're kind of back in the mode where I feel like there's like, like a setup with, you know, with where enemies have their serious allies politically, authentically, mm -hmm. or any way in the universe form, but going forward, like, like the allies are going to collide. And I will say, even though, there's only been two episodes. I'm already kind of enjoying a sense of brilliance. That's re that's making me rethink back to the clone wars and whatnot. Kind oh of. yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it's like second everything he said and add that, uh, yeah, it's been perfect so far. This is the one show that absolutely deserved an opening crawl an opening scroll. Oh, yeah. I kind of called that in one of our shows a long time ago. I was like, Ahsoka's going to have one. I know <laughs> they're going to say that. Oh, yeah. They, they have to explain a lot of stuff. Like, nobody knows who Thrawn is. Hardly anybody knows who Ahsoka is. Like, yeah. they had to explain a whole bunch of stuff. So I was like, you know what? If any show is going to get a scroll, it's going to be Ahsoka. And bam, here we go. And in even... red lettering <laughs> to follow just exactly with the uh, the ending of the Clone Wars, the, the cartoon series like the intros yeah. that were all dark red lettering and it was like yes. this hero in eerie intro for every episode oh you're and bringing me back to those days just I, like I, some I of the best star wars ever, and this really continues that feel and it's, also it's been and fantastic so and, mm -hmm. and also i just feel like you know even the other thing that's just so fantastic about that is because it just you know it's it finds its direction of meaning as in, you know, like, like figuring out where people belong, why, mm -hmm. how, how they're associated, like even these droids. And as I am so impressed by these droids so far, because, because these droids, I feel have much more power. They have much more emphasis. And I feel this is one where it's like every person, even good or bad in this universe is like not so easy to defeat. Like it may have seemed originally, but there's, much more to go. We have much more to learn with even after the first two episodes. But I do feel, though, this is like even Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. This is probably one of her most authentic, um, authentic and um, daring yet yet committed roles of brilliance in the Star Wars universe. I feel, she's so Ahsoka now. Much. She's not even Rosario. She said it. It's yeah. Like, I I live by Ahsoka's cause. She she does like yeah. There's an interview where like Ahsoka is like a, a huge part of her and like oh yeah, it's, it's got to be amazing as an actor to take on this character because like for for one Ahsoka is 
amazing the turning your back at the Jedi at the exact right moment. <laughs> let's, uh-huh. let's point that out. Uh-huh. But she's just like an incredible character and they're nailing it with this series. They didn't really touch on it before, but with the jumping and the slicing through stuff with her lightsabers and being completely fearless and giving like weird looks like over her shoulder. Like it, like this is Ashley. It, like it's the same character as the animated version of it. It's the say, same character. It's, it's wonderful what Rosario's done with this. Ms. I Dawson. would say Ashley Eckstein's uh, version has like a little more kind of, she's more uppity and kind of like more like a kid, even in the rebel show mm-hmm. where uh, Rosario Dawson plays like a much more, matured ahsoka who's oh, kind of been through the rounds and you know she's she's sort of like a wise jedi where she's stoic but she's intentionally that way because she's thoughtful and because well she's had a long past and if there's one thing i'm really looking forward to seeing of in the ahsoka show it has to be more ahsoka because mm-hmm. ahsoka i agree uh, with you i agree surprisingly you. she like i'm okay with this being rebels part two like as am i yeah and because at the end of episode two gives you exactly that oh, oh <laughs> yeah oh and i don't I want feel, to go too far ahead but yeah that's that's okay epi- even spoilers. Episode, oh spoilers now this is the perfect time for spoilers because i'm going to tell you right now i feel episode two so far has had the most like inspiring lines that's gonna make us want more like like i'll give away two lines kind of thing that really that kind of really spoke to me from part two one is the threads of fate do not lie. Then the mm. other one is, is my loyalty is to my investors. And those lines just show <laughs> that, 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 that the issue is you're in a world of politics where it's mm-hmm. all about who you know in this universe. And also, if you want to get out of that, the only way is for that person to prove worthy of the force and show it over time, no matter how much. And I could tell time is what it is in Ahsoka. It is, it's what it is that's going to take place and evolve in each episode. But each time we're going to have a new treasure, a new resolution, a new revolution or a narrative track, even with, with, with gems that we're just going to be mesmerized by. This is just one of the best so far that I'm enjoying on Disney plus right now. I really I'm am. glad you mentioned treasure. Cause that, that ball that she finds yes. in the beginning of episode one, yeah. That is so much more fun yeah. than the Goonies bullshit that they tried to pull on us in the sequels. It oh, feels I agree. Oh, yeah, yeah. Has anyone noticed the Goonies shot? It feels like Indiana Goonies part one. Like, it's just so, like, you know, she's giving, like, weird looks at the at the temple. And I don't know if you guys know this. I didn't know it. A buddy of mine pointed it out. But one of those carvings is one of your party members from KOTOR. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> so, spoiler alert, holy crazy, there's an HK droid running around. Uh, yeah, by what, the way, when we're talking about the... HK-47? <laughs> when we're talking about the, the Goonies uh, comparison, this is... I got a visual reference here. Mm. This, it was just so silly with the knife and the... This is what you're talking... What are you guys doing? Oh, right? I love... Oh, my... <laughs> thing, it was my, ridiculous. It's shot for shot, exactly the same, where the kid oh, yes. through the glass thing, and then they get it right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I said that also on one of your, one of our previous. We were yeah. making fun of it, and, and I'm and I'm. I will say I'm getting into the Star Trek vibe. This is a tradition I'm going to enjoy every Thursday till this until this until this show is over because I could just tell we're going to get so much more out of 
each episode going forward so far. Yeah. Well, yeah, we because we they're retconning have... the sequels. You know that, right? Yep, they are. The and it's... When we've seen the Inquisitors, which are in, like I've had theories that the Inquisitors are the Knights of Ren, like the last of the Inquisitors become the Knights of Ren. Uh, who's Sabine Ren? That's her last name. That's her clan name. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And the also, First and Order I'll... is run and... by the Mandalorians. But... I, not the empire that's why the emperor was hiding and, and you know I, they're going to do they're going to do some stuff to try and fix those sequels there's some, there's not a lot they can do about that middle movie and, and i and <laughs> i feel that's what they're doing and, i feel that's what the they're prequels like it's the exact same problem like he that, can't do a bunch he can't fix a bunch of stuff but there's some stuff that he can lean on that like can make it cool again and make those sequels work like and, worth watching and this is the one where it's like and even each episode feels like like you know, like like those films, but condensed mm-hmm. in the right direction. Knows how mm-hmm. to split it up. Knows how mm-hmm. to have the right things happen at the right time. Where it's like, like even looking back to like the prequels and the other ones, kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't even bother to think about Phantom Menace all that much, even though I still watch it from time to time. You know, kind oh, of thing. It's one of my favorites, honestly. And it's, that's why. It's got the best story of all that, of that, them. That's that's why and... because there's because there's oh. still. There, there's still tons of joy in it, even though, it's so good. and, but I will say though, we won't get into all that Anakin stuff, but I still, no. that movie was our, my generation when I was younger. It felt mm-hmm. special seeing that. Which, which one was that? Phantom Menace. Cause Phantom I was so yeah. young. Yeah, John and theater. I both agree. John and I both agree on it. We think it's actually not a bad movie. I like, agree. It's got it's the best story of all of them. It sets up so much in the universe. They go everywhere. <laughs> they don't go to Tatooine, like Mike said at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that's what like, I was so glad about with this show. I didn't have to see. All you got to do is not go to Tatooine, and you win. Oh yeah. Yeah. If I had but... to see Tatooine one more time, <laughs> I would have thrown my blue milk right at the screen. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. But and what do you? I, but what do you think though? Of there was like in the second episode though. I mean spoilers probably but like even how oh, there's that segment where there's where they make their way to Corellia, the new republic shipyard i just feel like you know we're gonna want to keep getting that mindset like we did from the from the previous star wars films of this series like we're gonna start to label now like places mm-hmm. kind of thing like places mm-hmm. of importance places where the allies are the enemies and places where there's meaning like that's all gonna come back to us even when this show ends and when they make something else later on, I feel kind of thing, because, you know, we're going to, it's going to relate back somehow later on. I feel very much. So. Yeah, they absolutely feel... need, it's, it's the star Wars universe. It can't yes. be the star Wars, you know, it can't just be Skywalkers all the time. No, no, it can't. It cannot be Skywalkers all the time. I think that, that, mm-hmm. that thing needs to just be that, that it's time for, new ideas of something different. It's getting there. In the, Speaking in, that, it is really good to see a force user use the force yes. like it should in, in, like, in real life. Like, I know like, it's live action. It's a live action cartoon. It's live action anime, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, oh but, my goodness. It's like, so fun to watch. Well, because her. <laughs> I, I view using the force like, like trying to pass a class that you absolutely hate kind of thing. It's right. one of those things where it's like you have to tell yourself, be persistent to make it work, you know, yeah. kind of John, thing. And that's what this is about. John brings up a good point. John brings up a good point when he said, and I was thinking about this the whole time I was watching the show. I was thinking, this is the term John had, which was live action animation. This yeah. is the cartoon shows 
brought to life. You know, we, we saw that even a little bit with well, the only good part of the book of Boba Fett was Cad Bane mm-hmm. until they offed Cad Bane, which was, you know, kind of that was a little yeah, too yeah. soon. He's yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. He'll they'll, he'll take a back. Everybody gets stabbed in the stomach and they get up in there. Yeah. Everyone gets stabbed <laughs> in the stomach is okay unless your name is Qui Gon Jinn. You know. Yeah. But I mean, even in the Ahsoka Glenn show, Glenn. Sabine Wren, and at the end of the first episode, she gets stabbed through the chest, and right. like it's almost like Dave Filoni kind of knew at this point that it's just kind of a joke. He she heals up like almost instantaneously with a quick trip to the doctor. It's like Dave Filoni's like. We get it. People get stabbed in the chest and they're fine all the oh, time. So she's just getting right out of there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Qui-Gon, just, he must be a time lord. He's got two hearts and they got one. Yeah. yeah. Speaking sure. of, it's really nice to hear David Tennant say well again. <laughs> I I Which character was David Tennant in the show? Because I kept saying David Tennant <laughs> was in there and I couldn't see who he was. Was he He's an alien? Hu Yang, the, uh, the robot. Yeah. Hera's yeah. robot. He's the robot. Oh, and that, that, yeah, that's the thing that I also like about love about this. Like you're realizing, oh, that person is this robot. That person is this droid. Like the hidden they're gems. bringing back the the animated cast. Like they're yeah. bringing the voice actors back. Mary, oh geez, I'm gonna screw up her name. Hera. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like they're, they're 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 digging deep into the the talent that they already have, and it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead—he's doing Chopper again, and that's some fun stuff. <laughs> well, M E W, you know who her husband is, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how she got the job, but still, she was great. And when we talk about the cast, first off, this is a female-led show, but it doesn't like pander to audiences, kind of like how Star mm-hmm. Wars Battlefront Two did with his campaign. You like know, Marvel, Marvel yeah. does. Oh, Marvel. Oh, my God. They yeah, Marvel, but they, they do it. We know they do it. Oh, well, and, and and if we want to talk about pandering, there's that whole shot in uh, Avengers Endgame where That's Spider-Man's exactly like, what am I going to do now? Who's going to help right? me? Oh, and then, like, yeah. all the girls rush in the screen. They're like, we'll help you. I'm just going, ah, come on. A little bit too much. A little bit too much cheese. I yeah, agree. but we don't get that here because these are characters that have already been established in Star Wars Rebels. And the nice thing was with this show is that you don't have to see Rebels to kind of understand who they are. We get that Hera is somebody, or I, I'm sorry, I should say Sabine, Sabine Wren, who was Ahsoka's former uh, Padawan. She's someone who plays to the beat of her own drum. You know, she's supposed to show up at this grand ceremony for the New Republic. Mm-hmm. But she ends up not showing up because she just kind of doesn't feel oh, like hell it. Yes. That's what she does. Yeah. There is, there's always perfect, just, perfectly cast, by the way. Everybody's so far. Every everyone is just brilliant in this. And also I kind of like that tension they have with with Azoka and mm-hmm. and and others because it shows that Azoka is one who believes in the force and honestly believes, you know, it like believes in the disciplinary realm of having the force. And even those who who she may not trust, she believes that they have to prove themselves worthy. But I always find, you know, the big thing about Star Wars in the movies and even a show like this one, it's always been about like the character who wants to have that type of power. Like you said, force use the force, like purely prove it, no matter the consequences, the exhaust, no matter what it takes, truly. Yeah. 
And talk about with force users, we have the Inquisitors in this show. One of them played by the late Ray Stevenson. Yes. Like if you don't know Ray Stevenson is, he was he was the Punisher or Punisher War Zone. You know, that's the role I remember him from. He was I, I, I remember him also from like those remember he did that HBO show Rome and whatnot. Mostly a lot of authoritative roles for sure. Yeah. And he plays an authoritative role in this where he's the Inquisitor leading the other ones. And he kind of has this real calm sort of presence, but also intimidating. Like he's a big hulking figure. And when you see him going around and killing all these people, you can buy him in that role. And mm-hmm. he's one of the great additions to the cast. I mean, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead adds a colorful personality to Harrison Dula where she, you don't feel like she's just kind of reading the lines. Like she's actually kind of having a good time on set doing it. And yeah, um, and then the one who plays uh, Sabine Wren is Natasha Lou Bordizo. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. She kind of gets Sabine's arrogance, but she also kind of gets her maturity at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like she, she knows what she's doing. She's a lot like Anakin, where she makes decisions very head fast, very arrogantly, but mm-hmm. she gets results. Although in this show so far, I mean... She that right up. there is why Ahsoka's going to fail with her. Yeah, that's yeah. why she doesn't want to trick her. Exactly like Anakin in all of those respects. Definitely, that's what I, I was thinking. Uh, I think she doesn't take him on because she reminds him her too much of Anakin. And we are going to get Anakin at the show at one point. They we show are. him in the trailers. He is so, he is so going to make now a little off topic. I will tell you guys, I've actually met Hayden Christensen a couple, many years ago. Surprisingly in the most unexpected place. I was in like Southfield, Michigan at the time for like some like event when I was younger. And I remember I'm at the hotel, then there's Hayden Christensen kind of just blend in. But funny, he's not he's not that tall in real life. Truly, he's not kind of thing. But but mm-hmm. but in general, though, I'm just thinking, oh, I feel like I'm seeing Darth Vader right in front of me right now. But he was mm-hmm. cool. He was very cool, though. He's thing. Canadian, so he's nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> very down to earth. So, yeah, that's yeah, for sure. That was a fun <laughs> moment. He was cool, though. Definitely. So, yeah. But anyway, hey, guys, sorry that I have to jump off. I'm getting ready for some wedding stuff for my sister, but I'll see you next Thursday. All right. Okay. We'll I'll see you later. In. Yeah, I'll see you next Thursday. See you guys. Thank you guys. See you around. Enjoy Azoka, everyone. I'll see you both next Thursday. See okay. You. We'll see. If you want to catch Tarek stuff, go to movieswithtarek.com. Yeah. And the, also be sh- and it's, also, all, it's all in the link in the description. Yeah, and be sure to follow both John Davies of Cinema Obscura and, of course, Mike Crowley of YP Interviews, and I'll see you next Thursday. We'll talk more about the next episodes of Azoka. Have a good night, guys. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, as you were saying, this is like this cartoon shows brought to life, and I think this is kind of what we were expecting when Dave Filoni was brought on as the showrunner. And you mm-hmm. can kind of see like all the little gems of his in there. It kind of gets some of the corniness of the cartoon shows, but it also has some of the good like little character moments between everyone where the whole show isn't just brainless action. There's actually some development there. And it's finally like they're really leaning into the Like we're going to see Thrawn. Yeah. We're going to figure out what he's doing with those big, circles like with jet like jets attached to like we don't know what the hell he's building like they're doing something crazy and it's all his idea and we we like we never mentioned like the witches of dathomir dathomir sorry finally Mm. brought up in the star wars unit like this the the force is magic and this is the first time in live action that the witches of dathomir like 
yeah actually become are like a huge part of the story finally dude i'm like yeah that's, so happy about that yeah that's when morgan elsbeth actually like says to the audience i am a witch and mm -hmm. i mean the, the the name of the second part is toil and trouble the last one yeah yeah so yeah <clears throat> you know that she's gonna bring it's great to see the night sisters brought to live action like we've mm -hmm. seen them in the cartoons we saw them in the video game but we never seen them like brought to life on the screen. And now we're going to get a whole bunch of crazy shit there. That's going to be fun to see. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait for that. And I also can't wait to see when Thrawn shows up. I know we're getting him, but I'm kind of getting impatient. Like I want to see him already. Cause it's been a long buildup. To it, him. it can't be like a episode six, last five minutes cliffhanger types. They can't do that to us. It has to be like next, next episode. He shows up. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have like pictures of him already up. How many episodes is this series? Eight. It's eight. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they got to they got to break him out by three or four at the latest. So he's coming soon. Yeah, and we'll, be. and we'll find out. I wonder how they're going to cover what happened during Rebels. Are they going to have like a reenactment of that scene when the space whales come and they go into hyperspace and everything blows up? They've, I mean, we've already seen the flashbacks with Hayden and Ahsoka. Yeah. So so we're going to see something. I'm thinking we might even see the full-on flashback of that temple scene. Mm. Where Vader lowers himself on the top of his tie when yeah. she's fighting. It, it, like, <laughs> it's like, like Maul's taking Ezra through the temple and she has to fend off Vader. It's like just yeah. an insane chunk of Star Wars right there. They, you know, if you didn't watch seven years of the cartoon, you, you don't know what happened. And there's yeah. that big stuff that's really pivotal for every single person involved with this show. So it'd be really nice to see that scene. I'm I'm wondering if they're going to actually do that, though, because they. No, they <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think so, because we've already seen Anakin's mask be cut in half. I think if we see it again in live action, it's going to be kind of redundant and it won't be mm -hmm. as interesting. So I think they're not going to do that. But we'll, there is like, have you seen the trailers featuring Anakin at all? Like you don't no, see him, I, but you hear his voice. I stayed away from the trailers. Yeah. I mean, it's the best idea to do that because they do show Thrawn. They do. You hear Anakin's voice where he's telling her in this war, you will fight more than just droids. Like, but we, I'm wondering how Anakin's thread's going to go into Ahsoka's and when we're going to develop Ahsoka more. Because Ahsoka is surprisingly kind of absent in Ahsoka. Like, we have a lot more focus on these other characters and not her more personable moments. Absolutely. It's all about Sabine. Yeah. They're, they're literally passing the torch within the first episode from Ahsoka to Sabine. Yeah. As your main, as your main character. And by the time they're sitting in the ship at the end of episode two, and then she literally says whatever she literally says. She's like, yeah. welcome aboard, Jedi. You know? Yeah. She's like, yeah. all right, let's roll. Yeah. You know, you're ready. Let's do this. Well, like they called the, I think the first episode was called Master and Apprentice. And it's in reference to Ahsoka and Sabine. And Sabine, yeah, she, it'll be her story of how she's going to become a Jedi. And I think at this time, Ahsoka mm -hmm. is going to learn from her failures and she'll be able to train her. But if it doesn't work out, which it might not right away, then we have some interesting places we can go to. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see it falling apart. I see Ahsoka failing. 
I see the first order rising. Mm. And the man the, if if Kylo Ren is a Mandalorian and a Jedi, it would make so much more sense for the things that the first order does, the powers that he has. Like how can he stop a laser bolt in midair unless uh, he's a Mandalorian? He maybe but <laughs> He, like, we won't it, it would make a lot of things like fall into play. Why would they build that big ass, like the huge deaths? Like the, the Empire wouldn't do that, but yeah. Mandalorians would. Well, they built two Death Stars, the Empire. So building the, yeah, so building Star Killer <laughs> Base, you know, isn't too far beyond what they would usually do. Oh, yeah. um, Kylo Ren would be a child if we like actually followed where he is right now, mm -hmm. or if he's even born yet. I think this show takes place like, part of the uh, Mandalorian fallen clan. Yeah, he's, he's that he's Paz whatever his face is his kid Paz Vizsla's kid adopted mm -hmm. kid. Did he be? I mean, I mean we already know that Kylo Ren is about the know, same age on and Leia's kid. We so think that. Yeah, um, I mean, unless there's some kind of twist that we don't know about. I don't think Disney would go that deep into the plot twist to do something they like can, that. They can, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's oh. got a lot. He's got, he's got a big mess. He's got nine hours of mess to fill with those <laughs> to fix, I mean, with those I, sequels. Like, he can do the same thing with, with this series that he did. Like, with this series and everything going forward, he can fix those sequels for us. Yeah. He can make them rewatchable. And if you go into The Force Awakens thinking that, oh, you know, Kylo Ren's a Mandalorian and a Jedi, and that, and you're getting that perspective, it, it makes them a little bit cooler and more watchable, I would say. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see what would, they have planned, but... It would make them cooler. I would say I would like to see a Kylo Ren show because, you know, this is... We could actually see a show about how the... Knights of Ren came to be and how they ended up wiping out all the Jedi. Like how Kylo Ren went crazy and killed everyone in that he Jedi temple that Luke was holding. He pulled the gambit. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did Gambit do? He killed all the X-Men. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Is that in the comics? Yeah, a few times. <laughs> oh, my God. I never knew that. They shouldn't have him in there then. He's he's a liability. Yeah, he's a liability. That's why he... Well, Channing Tatum's going to breathe, breathe life into him, so we'll see him in Deadpool 3. We'll see what happens. Oh, Hopefully he doesn't kill everybody. That would be a shame. But <laughs> Well, Lincoln. I mean, Deadpool would just come back to life because, like, nothing can hurt him, apparently. Oh, yeah, no, Deadpool will be fine. Wolverine will be fine, but the rest of the X-Men are dead. Yeah. Scandit who exists. Sucks for them. <laughs> but, anyway. I mean, but this show, though, there's so much that there's still to see. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that was shown already. I mean, I didn't expect within the first episode that I was going to see Ezra Bridger on screen. I know? wasn't expecting them to drop Knights of the Old Republic references more yeah, than one. Which parts were those at? One, I mentioned in the beginning of our episode yeah. here, the one of the carvings. Oh yeah. In, when she's in, in the, the room is one of your party members from KOTOR 1. Oh, which party member was that? I think her name is Treya. I might have that wrong. The uh, Twi'lek? Uh, she did the old lady that taught all the Sith. Mm. She's like the I, Sith teacher. Oh, I'd have to... I don't man, I don't remember her from the campaign. I don't remember her either. I remember... I mean, it was like 20 years ago I played that game, but I don't remember her at all. But my buddy is like, how do you not recognize? I'm like, dude, 
How do you not recognize her? But you re and then the other one is HK forty seven. If that mm. HK unit is HK forty seven from the Kotor games, that's going to be an incredible, incredible also, jump for these guys to connect that that kind of stuff and bring that into the Star Wars now known as canon. Like the movies and the TV show are canon. If HK forty seven is canon now, holy cow! Where's Nihilus? <laughs> but what they're doing is they're taking stuff from the expanded universe and they're kind of cherry picking them and putting them mm -hmm. back into Disney's own canon, which revolves around Dave Filoni's work. And mm -hmm. Dave Filoni's journey has been kind of amazing in how he became like Star Wars's new like main writer, or at least for this show, because he started with that Clone Wars movie and mm -hmm. that movie was just trash. But they kept him on, and over the years, he was able to develop characters and make stories. And soon, it didn't matter if that movie wasn't that great. That's because you know he was inexperienced to rush. Then, like now, cool. going to do? Yeah, now he's one of the uh, best writers for Star Wars, and he's the main writer for this show. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's showing because it connects so many characters and so much history, and keeps his eyes on the canon. Where other shows, you know, they, they kind of go off and do their own thing. This thing is really continuing what the cartoon series did, but you don't have to see the cartoon series to understand the show. Yeah, yeah it, it is polar opposite of Andor. And it does completely continue the, the heart and feel of both Rebels and the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like Re Rebels came in kind of out of nowhere and just breathed brand new it was like this new animation style these new characters this new storyline you didn't know who the hell ahsoka or fulcrum was like they built on something that mm -hmm. you kind of already knew and like but you didn't know until they told you obviously but this this show really builds on that and going forward man star wars is i don't know we kind of lost hope with them for a little while and the TV shows were clunking along, you know, Andor, Boba Fett were kind of like. Well, I, should we get into Andor? Nothing, and talk about nothing that? really happens. Nobody really goes anywhere or does anything in either of those shows. Like stuff happens to the main character a little bit, but not too much Star Wars stuff happens around them in orbit. You know what well, I mean? There's no polit political stuff. There's no, you know, they the Empire set a trap for these guys and they're like, you know in the shipyard in Ahsoka and like, they just, there's like none of that. Well, in either of those. Now I know you're not a fan of Andor and I loved it. Here's why I liked Andor. It was a star Wars property where you didn't need to like star Wars in order to like that show. It divorced itself away from all the nostalgia. So it could pave its own sort of, socio-political thriller that makes you question how moral the rebellion really is mm -hmm. and it looks in the gray area between good or bad where it's not just rebels good uh empire bad but rather people who are placed in a very uncomfortable position who are forced to make choices that they shouldn't you know for instance you have Stellan Skarsgård's character who uh basically throws away his life so he can be a rebel. And he has that wonderful speech where someone asks him, what have you sacrificed? And he goes, what have I sacrificed? Calm, peace, kindness, kinship, love. 
And then he just makes this wonderful speech about how his life is ruined. And I love that. I'm like, this is like, this is Star Wars, but really well written. This is like Star Wars Shakespeare. This is what I wanted to see. The movie would have been good, not an eight episode series or however. It was just a little too drawn. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I will admit, there are some episodes that go on for a long time, like when they're planning the heist and nobody really trusts each other. 16, really? It's 16 episodes. I, I think it could have been a little shorter, but even it could have been so, a lot shorter. That's uh, what we're, I think that's what we're learning from like this new era of writing in general. Like that the last episode or the last season, the last half of season of uh what is it, Star Trek Brave New Worlds? Yeah. Unbelievably fantastic. It was only ten episodes, contrite precise to the point story writing not a bunch of like side stories that go nowhere mm. character development on people that are going to die in two episodes like they they didn't do any of that it's just you know rock'em sock'em robots and at the end of the 10 episode series they obviously with the writer's strike it's up in the air but at the end of that 10 episode series you're sitting there going what in the hell just happened the last two episodes are absolutely incredible there's another show on Amazon called the English that's six episodes long, completely perfectly written, has a beginning, a middle and an end, doesn't drag out anything, is just like beautifully shot, beautifully written. Go watch it. And that That's the future that we need to see on TV, not these shows that just go on and on and on for years and years and years and goats just around in circles, really. Well, you know, the nice thing about Andor is it will end in season two. There's not going to be a season three. Oh, it's going to end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to end badly for him. Oh, yeah. I, we already know it's ending. You're going to get a movie about it. <laughs> no, no, we don't need a movie. We got the show. I mean, we already have a movie. I, that was just TV. I don't know. But Andor did develop its characters. You had the one guy who was, and I think his character's name was Cyril. And his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like he was, he was like the guy who looked like his name was Kyle and his actual name was Kyle. And, and he was he, like, you just yeah, the when he got chopped in half, he went nowhere. I cared about him for two, three episodes. And then, yeah, he got chopped in half. What hell? What the hell? What oh, are you yeah. doing? Disney? No, I'm talking about the guy who was hunting Andor throughout the show. He, they established his character throughout the show. They established his girlfriend's oh, yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or oh, his ex-girlfriend, who like basically still was in love with him and did anything not to give him up. His mom. Yeah. Who? <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin's mom. Kyle McLaughlin's mom. She's got a story arc in Andor. Oh, let's see. Which one? Which one was she in it? The the guy that's hunt, whatever the guy that's named Kyle that you just mentioned him. Yeah, yeah. He, he had, Kyle right. McLaughlin. Her mom. Yeah. His mom has a story arc. <laughs> and, and, and and it's it's unnecessary. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean it dragged on sometimes. Uh, I will say that. Like we're we're in these high pressure like there's like a scene in Andor where like they're in the prison and you know it's horrible. They can get zapped from the floor by any second and everyone could die. And then we cut to this guy having cereal with his mom. Mm-hmm. He's like, You're starting your new job tomorrow. And I'm like, why are they cutting the tension like that? Like we don't care mm-hmm. about this plot line. But yeah, but there was the plot line about Andor's like ex girlfriend who basically gave up like everything just so she wouldn't give him up. I found that interesting. I found Stellan Skarsgård's character mm-hmm. interesting. I found Andor interesting because 
he kind of learns how to become a leader. Although, you know, he's kind of a psycho and a killer, but that's what that made him so such a gray character. He's not good or bad. He's just someone who's trying to survive. And Andor was like one of the first times in Star Wars where you got the feeling that it's like, oh, yeah, Star Wars isn't really a fun universe to live in. These people live in crappy planets, you know, where they're, it's like they have houses in the middle of the desert with like no AC. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you really watch the first movie, yeah, Luke's not doing too well. No, he lives in a <laughs> farm. Really? Yeah. He lives like, in this he, crappy he, farm he like, needs to get away he's from. like big weekend project is to go get a couple of droids and he's like loving it because there's nothing else to do. He's like, yeah. here, you go do, go run some errands for us. Oh, cool. Let's go do that. Like, they, uh, yeah, it's unpleasant. That universe is very unpleasant to yeah. be in. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, and you see how horrible the Empire is, not just by showing them killing people, but by imprisoning innocent people and putting them inside that place that looked like a set from THX 1138, where it's just all white walls. There's just, a, you know, there's that muffled voice telling you to be on program. And then you constantly you get out of there with a brand new name. And like if, yeah. you, if they didn't kick you out and give you a brand new name, they were keeping you for a while. So. Or they just I'm put totally, you in another totally facility. Lucky, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to say that prison break was one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. Like that and then the speech. But I will admit, there's a lot of area where it just drags on. Where, it could have been, yeah. been six. It I think they could have pulled it off in eight episodes. How many did Boba Fett do? Yeah. I, I mean, and then if you look at the Boba book Fett, of Boba Fett, that's Boba the exact... Should have gotten, gotten twice as many as Andor. I bet he didn't. Yeah. And then, well, and then when you look at the book of Boba Fett, that's a show that's the opposite where it has nothing but action and no substance when it no could have had some substance, you know, something like they could have Boba Fett could have flown back to his planet because, you know, they could have had something happen where when he was in the Sarlacc, he ended up catching some sort of cancerous disease. And the only way he can get himself cured is to go back to where he was made in Camino yeah. and get that disease. Except unfortunately, Camino's destroyed and there's the nothing one there. Show that you think you're going to get planet hopping. Oh, he's a bounty hunter. What's he going to do? He's going to go bounty hunt. He's going to be planet hopping, doing like chasing people down, chasing down his old buddies. You know, he's going to be chasing down IG. Like, no, he's just in Boba Fett's basement, or I mean, in, in Jabba the Hutt's basement. Which yeah. is now Boba Fett's basement because he took over the past. Like, you guys, yeah, he's, they, he's either a ruthless killer that takes his spaceship and guns down a biker gang, or he's just a cool guy that hangs out with teenagers. He can't be both. Oh, fuck, wait, he's both? What? And he's not how, even cool. He, he always got his ass kicked in that show. <laughs> like, how is he all both? the time. Like, how is just this guy taking, supposed to be a badass? Filling it with gold literally falling for the oldest trick in the book and then wondering why he gets his ass jumped leaving that yeah. like what are you doing dude you're out of touch like well, what are you doing how old are you boba fett <laughs> introduced the problem <laughs> like what happened to my boba fett not my boba fett yeah, hashtag not my boba fett oh anyway. boy yeah but, uh, but that boba fett fucking amazing seeing choppa and choppa <laughs> Chopper, the Chopper. interact was incredible. Like that scene at the end of uh, episode two was so much fun. 
That was what, so much just Rebels. Season five, in your face. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It's well, so, it's, oh, my goodness. Ahsoka really captures, and that's the great thing about Dave Filoni. He captures the fun of Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, more than anyone else. I mean, if there's one complaint I have about Andor, it's no fun at all. But then again, at the same time, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be like Star Wars if you hate Star Wars. You know, it's like if you just want to see it's Star Wars if you love Deep Space Nine. Yeah, no, I've never seen Deep Space Nine, so I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean that's crossing nerds. You know, don't cross the nerds. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. But no, it was Star Wars made for people who go, why do I want to see that stupid shit? It's just a bunch of explosions. Like, well, not this show, not mm-hmm. at all. It's about people and how they are no, being oppressed. Zero and how Skywalkers, they need... zero space battles. Yeah, well, there's one little zero. space battle, but that was it. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it didn't have all the components of Star Wars that everyone likes. It actually tried to rely on its own script to appeal to people. But enough, enough about Andor. I could go on forever about Andor. Mm-hmm. But the we're to, but when we talk about Ahsoka, this is some of the most fun Star Wars, where you have that scene, mm-hmm. like you were saying, where you have Hera flying the ship in the second episode, and on the ground is Ahsoka fighting a droid and she's fighting an inquisitor at the same time mm-hmm. and then you're just cutting between the two and then chopper is going through the components inside the ship trying to find the tracking device so it can throw it on the other ship mm-hmm. and you can kind of understand he kind of reminded me a little bit of like kenny from south park where he's like muffling something but you can understand what he's saying like well, you, you can, can tell understand what he's saying yeah absolutely yeah, like mm-hmm. like you could understand like in South Park when Kenny was saying like F you or something like that. And mm-hmm. in this show, you can uh you could tell like when Chopper was looking for the little bolt, she's like, Have you found it there? He's like, uh, uh. <laughs> like you get it. And that was great. That's kind of Chopper's attitude. Chopper's kind of like a uh he's kind of a smart smart aleck in a way. He is. And, he's he's a huge troublemaker. Like he's yeah. and he's like on par with Anakin as far as kills. <laughs> He's oh. killed thousands and thousands. He has a huge tally. Look it up, but it's it's gigantic. He's, he's, he's blown up a few space stations by himself. He's blown up carrier ships by himself. Like he's yeah. got a, he's got a yeah, he's got a tally behind him. But but they're <laughs> but they're stormtroopers. They're like space Nazis. Who cares? <laughs> they're you know former clones, whatever. Yeah. Oh well yeah those guys. Did he kill clones? He killed pretty much anything you can think of. Oh, yeah. Wow. I got to go back. But, yeah, I, I just remember Chopper always just kind of be uh, – he, he would never listen to anyone. He would just do his own thing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like Anakin, kind of like Ahsoka. But, I mean, moving forward, I'm excited to see what Ahsoka is going to do. Uh, the first episode I liked a little more than the second episode. But – because, like, the second episode, they spent a lot of time yeah. inside that, like, place – Hmm? First episode was a solid hour. It was great. Yeah, it was fifty-two minutes. Yeah, they just, they just suck you right back into the Star Wars universe in the best ways possible, really. And if yeah. you, and even if you're not a fan, I mean, obviously we've watched the cartoons. Even if you weren't a fan of the cartoons and you didn't have time in your life to watch cartoons or whatever, because you didn't consider it Star Wars, like now you're getting it. Like this is what you missed out on. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like 14 seasons of awesome stuff that you missed out on. It's hard to go back and watch it now, but 
Yeah. Oh my goodness! Like seeing this happen in in real life, live action anime, live action animation, whatever you want to call it, is just so much fun. Yeah, we get to see cool lightsaber battles. We get to see like fierce spaceship fights, and we get to see moments between characters we never thought we'd get to see in live action. Characters that are already developed too. Yeah, like they did enough. They obviously did enough with Ahsoka with. The Mandalorian and the Boba Fett show, and she had her Tales of the Jedi, which was literally just about her. <laughs> you know, they've been building her up for a while, so people kind of get her. They literally needed that opening scroll, the opening crawl, to yeah. explain who Thrawn was and what is going on there. But other than that, like people, people get it. I think people yeah. finally get it. Yeah, you get it. Like when Hera's <laughs> ditching the whole Senate, like. Big, you know, it looks like it looks like they're in they're in the middle of Rome and they're announcing the new pope and they're, they're just like they're, they're like so serious, but like like but they're having fun with it. She's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, like the dude's telling her that it's classified. It's like, no, dude, I'm a general. Nothing's classified. It's oh, like, when when they're going to the droid facility, oh, it's classified. Like I'm a general, dude. Nothing's classified. Like they they're she's like so serious about it, but like still the hair up from the cartoon where she yeah. doesn't really take everything super serious or at least that's the way she comes off most of the time like it, it's it's just i don't know it's great she, and if you she, if, go ahead oh no go ahead i was just gonna say the same thing that i've been saying like if you haven't watched the cartoons you're now getting the heart of it and why we loved it so much yeah it really captured why star wars is fun it mm-hmm. captured kind of a the, the swashbuckling aspect of it and sort of the chemistry between the characters where you could tell they're longtime friends who fight together mm-hmm. and die together. And the, the, it has so much more chemistry than like even the force awakens did mm-hmm. or uh, what, or Obi-Wan did, you know, and that's because we've got Dave Filoni there. Who's kind of like star Wars is Jesus. He's the guy who made the Clone Wars interesting because before we like who gave a damn about the Clone Wars? It was just a bunch of robots shooting a bunch of clones. What does mm-hmm. that matter? Filoni comes in, he actually gives life and personality to the clones. By you know, the I think they started that with one episode where one of the clones was off somewhere raising a family of his own and he told his fellow brothers that, yeah, there's a life outside of here that you can enjoy yeah. and not everything is war. And a name that we haven't mentioned yet that he 1000% saved with those cartoons. Like he made this person, he made this character like one of the saddest and one of the best characters in all of Star Wars, Maul. Yeah. He fixed that storyline and gave he breathed life into that character like we had no idea was coming <laughs> yeah like when we started seeing him in the in the cartoon again we we're like what is going on he's got he's got like spider legs and shit like what is happening but by the end of it when he's yeah. literally throwing a hallway at a bunch of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> his hallway scene is better than anybody else's hallway scene yeah, the YouTube just go there figure it out mall's hallway scene he literally just tears a hallway apart and throws it at the clones that are trying and that whole back and forth between him and Ahsoka in that episode 
is unbelievably fun. Yeah. She, she, he's, they've captured him. He's locked away, right? They have him not in carbonite, but he's like locked away. They can't, he can't get out. He can't say anything. She frees him. So he, he's literally chaos walking. Yeah. A distraction. So she can get away. This is, you know, five, 10 minutes post order 66. Yeah. So there's a, there's an amazing dynamic between Maul and Ahsoka. And if they can bring him into this series, <laughs> oh, I'd be so excited <laughs> to see them go back and forth just a little bit. I'll take 30 seconds. I'll take 90 seconds right. of that and be happy for the rest of my days. It would have to be a flashback though, because Maul died in Rebels. You know, that's when Obi Wan killed him without even trying because he, he just died in like a flash forward. We don't know exactly when that happened. Hmm. Good points. That's true. It could have been, it could be a different point in time that they'll have to write, but I think at some point I want to get a Darth Maul show, or mm-hmm. maybe that's a little too much Maul. I don't know. Sneak him into this one. Why not? Yeah. I mean, you could sneak him into it. You could sneak in Ventress a little bit. Yeah. I don't think she died. She's somewhere now. That would be. She ran away. She's still out there. She did yeah. the same thing that Ahsoka did. She turned her back on the set and was just like, fuck you guys, and left. see it's so long since i saw it i don't remember that detail what i remember and i hope they bring this in i hope that they flash back to when the jedi order betrayed ahsoka and they had the trial and nobody believed her nobody came to her side except anakin it's like if they can show that scene then you can get why ahsoka and anakin were sort of like this almost inseparable pack that Get, got separated due to the bureaucracy of the Jedi. But moving forward, I want to see where this show is going to go with Thrawn. I wonder how they're going to make him a huge threat. I mean, the way they did it in Rebels was he just kept outsmarting everyone it's and those, rising. Whatever those things that he's building. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can see how big they are there. And they've used technology like that, I think, in... I want to say rebels. It's basically a portal that they can zoom in anywhere, and another portal is in another space, right? Yeah. And those two portals connect literally like portal the game. Yeah. So you can just bring in a f- fleets and fleets and fleets all at once. That's what I'm worried. That's, that's what I think the things are. Whales. They use, they used it they used it a little bit in Rebels, they used it a little bit in the Clone Wars, like Obi-Wan had one of those things wrapped around his spaceship hmm. when he went to um I think it was when he went to Camino, but I think it was before that when he went to was it Utapau or Geonosis? He had something he had that thing wrapped around his ship so that it he could uh do light speed jumps and whatever. Hmm. Well so he I'm- had if you have a portal that can connect two areas of space, you can get fleets and fleets. Yeah. And, he, and they're building, they said, what, nine? There was nine of those engines built. And I mm. think I saw three of those things. So there's at least three of those rings out there. Maybe. I don't know. Dude, I'm, I'm trying to do like weird Star Wars math. And I'm, it's, I'm starting to think maybe Thrawn has something. Get in Thrawn's head and like what he's trying to do with these things. And it's it could be some crazy stuff. Well, I'm thinking, what if Thrawn has something to do with Palpatine being brought back? 
You know, mm-hmm. if he could tell, if he can use the space whales to go between different places in space like that, mm-hmm. he could probably he figure out. He probably could figure out how to bring back someone from the dead. Although yeah. it's going to be a stretch, but I mean, Dave Filoni made the Clone Wars interesting, so I don't see mm-hmm. why he couldn't make this interesting. Let me get into my Order Fifty Five. <laughs> Order Fifty Five theory. Yeah. Or every every single clone, in addition to that inhibitor chip, or it was also part of it. Order fifty five would come, and then, bam! You just have a bunch. You have thousands of um, emperor clones running around. Oh, yep, that could that's be where, it. That's where the emperor clones came from at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker. I feel. I feel like. Uh... Palpatine had his death planned for a while. He knew someone would kill him, and it's like in the event of his death, he'd have a clone ready to go. All of this planned out before Darth Plagueis was dead. Yeah. All of this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, didn't Darth Plagueis come before him? He had all this shit planned out. I think Plagueis came before him, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, he killed Plagueis. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) He was the one who did it, but yeah. yeah, I mean this this show so far though, like I, I'm this is kind of the Star Wars I was hoping to get for a while because mm-hmm. I haven't seen a Star Wars show that captures both the fun and also the character character development that was established from the animated series, and this is like the closest thing we're getting to it. And luckily, the visual effects they look pretty darn good. Like, there weren't a lot of moments where I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh, that looks like CGI. Oh, mm-hmm. that looks like this. That looks like that. Like, no, it's it's like you can see Disney's budget. Robots look like the droids, the assassin droids look great. Like yeah. Spent, they spent a lot of money and time on yeah. the CG, whatever, like the special effects and whatnot. Like, it's they're doing it. I mean, it's Star Wars. It's what they have to do. It's half their business, but. And it's I Disney, it's unlimited funds. So you you know, you get the money to get the result you want and how you want your special effect to look. But I mean, going forward, what are you expecting to see? More Sabine. More yeah. and more Sabine. And hopefully we get Zeb. Like they 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 had him in the episode of Mandalorian. He's out there, he exists. Yeah. Like where is he? Where's the crew of the ghost? Where's everybody yeah. else? Where's the ghost? <laughs> oh god. Where which four skills are we talking about? Thrawn, Thrawn has Ezra. They're I looking think... for they're looking for Ezra, obviously. The other side is looking for Thrawn. Oh. They're doing a really good job of making the bad guys an actual threat this time. Yeah. The bad guys haven't been a threat since Yeah. Really since Anakin went nuts. No. What <laughs> like was the, the, the order sixty six, Anakin went nuts at the end of Return of the Revenge of the Sith, and that's pretty much the last time I was like actually afraid of the Sith. Like they've, you know, I haven't been afraid of them since. You yeah. know what I mean? Darth Vader was Darth Vader, but yeah, the Inquisitors <laughs> go down very easily. You know, mm-hmm. they're and that's kind of the thing. The Inquisitors are like diet dark Jedi's. You know, they're not going. Yeah, to... yeah they're <laughs> Sith light. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're exactly they're Sith light. You know, <laughs> le- less filling. More mm-hmm. less carbs, Sith light, but you don't get that sense of oh shit, this guy's coming, we're in big trouble until like Thrawn comes in. 
you know, he's going to be that thing where, as you said, he's going to bring in stuff through space portals. And I, I can't, there is one thing that they are going to do. And you know what that is? If, if Ezra is inside of Thrawn's ship and he has him captive, what are they going to have to do? Another rescue mission. Oh yeah. That's coming. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what this show is. They're, they're, they're passing the torch taking Ahsoka's name, making it a show about Sabine Wren, but her mission is to rescue Ezra. So it's, it's like a bunch of shit that they've given us before, but I'm, I'm behind it. I don't care. It's live yeah. action chopper. And that's what I've been waiting for this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you and a lot of other people have been waiting for a live action <laughs> chopper. He's fun to see. We love, He's I, just, just the fun of Star Wars. Like you, you think that R two D two is fun and like a cool droid, but he's really just kind of a nerd. He just yeah. kind of like sits there and does his job or whatever, you know. Chopper get dork. Chopper's a badass. Ch- like Chopper would smoke a cigarette. Chopper's like a teenager, and you know, yeah, it's 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 good to see a, a misbehaving droid. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, Star Wars is a universe where droids and humans coexist, where there isn't like this whole hatred towards droids, where they want to destroy them. You know, they he's coexist peacefully. He's part of the crew, and he's not like a piece of machinery. He's like, he's a person. Yeah. You can yeah. tell by the end. By the end of the second episode, the, the back and forth between <clears throat> Hera and Chopper, like you can, you, it, again, if you hadn't seen Rebels, this gives you an idea of what we what we got for seven season. It's just so much fun, and the relationships between these people is a lot of fun. And I want to touch on that: the relationships between these people, like you can tell that the relationship between Ahsoka and and Sabine is still the same from the end of Rebels. But you can also tell that there's a whole bunch of shit that we just don't know yet that went on between them. So there's like this tension in the room between the two of them that we don't know about yet. And I can't wait for that to get fleshed out. Well, like, what, happened, ever... what happened to or what happened between them for Ahsoka to give up on her? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering, because did they ever establish in Rebels that Ahsoka stopped training Sabine? No, it didn't happen at the end. Of, at the end of Rebels, they were still friends and yeah i remember they were they were still like planning the trainer and like they were going forward with yeah a mandalorian become learning jedi skills and like it was like, oh shit but yeah, yeah i don't think we know we don't know what happened between the two of them and you and to feel that tension between the two of them is that's i don't know they're doing a great job with the, the directing and just the yeah overall like you said character development of characters that we already know but they're developing them for other people and it's just it's great yeah other people that haven't seen them already i should say yeah and i think by the next episode we're going to get a square off between ahsoka and balen skull that's ray stevenson's character i think we're going to i don't know if we're going to see thrawn yet i hope we do but i mean i am glad that they're not just rushing into everything they're actually taking its time but not too much time, as you said, with Andor, with everything. It's actually letting it breathe, but also giving us some real fun swashbuckling action. And really, kind of the most Star Wars thing I've seen in a while. Like, this really captures the spirit of the original film and captures the fun of the Clone Wars at the same time. It's it's like the Clone Wars mixed with uh, A New Hope. And I'm all for it all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But John, the rest of it. 
Yeah. But John, thank you so much for coming on. Where can we find your stuff? Where can we find Cinema Obscura? Cinema Obscura is on Can TV. That's channel 19, cable channel 19 here in Chicago. We're also on Vimeo. We've got archives there. So just look up Cinema Obscura, Cinema with an S. Check us out. It's, uh, it's basically archiving independent filmmakers, short films, music videos, documentaries, animation, everything you can think of by people that have full-time jobs and do filmmaking on the side. And once they're done making the film, they usually move on, throw it on YouTube, whatever. I collect them, put them all in one space for you. There's over a hundred episodes available for you right now. Uh, season 12 or no, I'm sorry. Season 11 is about to start on can TV in October. So stay tuned. Lots of stuff. Oh, oh and we got a live show at the Logan Theater here in Chicago also. Every fourth Wednesday in the Logan Theater. Oh, you guys are back? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah live music, normal. stand-up comedy, and oh, guess what? Films. What do you know? What? Films <laughs> in a movie theater? Get out of here. Yeah. On a screen and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, getting the live show going again has been amazing. Yeah. Well, guys, you can catch my stuff over at You'll Probably Agree. That's YPA Reviews, and the YPA stands for, you guessed it. Let me point to it. There it is. You'll Probably Agree. All right, guys, thank you so much. May the force be with you, and we will and see And don't forget our buddy Tarek from the Gavidigan. Oh, He's not and, now, but yeah, he left. wonderful opinions earlier. Thank you, he buddy. He did. Thank you, Tarek, for remove, Tarek Fayumi from Movies with Tarek.com. Again, you'll find the link to his stuff in the description below. All Get right. up. We'll see you guys later.